0: Hello, this is the Coast to Coast Combat Hour, and I'm your host Matthew Hawkins. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host Ed Carbajal, After a crazy New Year's Eve weekend, Ed, how you doing, man?
1: I'm all right. I'm still dragging ass a little bit from everything, but uh, you know, we had a 30 degree temperature drop between New Year's Day and the day after <laughs> so I'm, I'm i'm hanging in there though I'm almost back to normal
0: well it was chilly for you but there was a lot of uh, a lot of hot mma action um which kicked off uh saturday uh with the event that we were uh surprised to have moved from las vegas uh to my backyard here in southern california um ufc 232 um do you get a chance to catch those fights
1: i sure did uh, i watched I watched every single one except when I was moving from my apartment to the uh, the bar, so uh, which was the, I think that was the uh, that fight in transition was um what's his face, what's his face bent face uh Arlovsky versus uh who the hell was that fight I don't even know who won that fight because I like yeah. I said I was I was getting to the place to watch a pay per view but I saw him yeah it was a good card I was happy with it I mean you were there so you're you're obviously more happier. Um, or more happy, but, um, I didn't really, uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't know how to feel about that. I I feel like people like you contribute to the poor decisions the UFC is making, but I can't also, I can't blame you for, for going. Cause I mean, why wouldn't you?
0: Yeah. I mean, the event sold out. I mean, every seat sold out. It was, it was fun. It was a good atmosphere. Um, you know, we've said it before. I feel sorry for the fans that got screwed people in Vegas. Like you. Yeah, well, I mean, people like me are the reason why the sport exists, and it's yeah. uh, even today in, in general. So, um, you know, spending money going to the shows and supporting it for for years and years. But that's neither here nor there. But when I when we get to the fights, um, uh, a couple of things that stood out for me on the prelims: Curtis Millender, um, dude's a stud. Uh, got a uh, got a big uh, decision win on the prelims. Uh, I think that moved him to three and O in the UFC. He's got wins over, uh, this was over Sayer, uh, Bajadizada, and, um, he has wins over Tiago Alves, uh, as well as another one that, uh, I can't recall exactly who he who defeated. Um, but he, he, I mean, he's an exciting fighter. Um, he was able to avoid his weakness, which is the ground game, um, but he I mean he's a pretty spectacular striker a lot of uh, a lot of kicks and a lot of uh you know spinning stuff so there was that um Uriah Hall comeback knockout win uh, in a fight he was really getting worked uh, by Bavon Lewis um, That was in
1: the prelims the early prelims right
0: yeah these are the early the fight past prelims the fight past prelims were exciting there was a you know like I said the millinder fight and then the the big uh, hall knockout. Um, where he was, he was getting beat pretty badly. I mean, he was getting beat to the punch nonstop, and and then he finally landed a huge one that that put Lewis out cold. Um, you know, as, as the event moved on, uh, obviously, you know, getting a chance to see a legend like BJ Penn fight alive again was is always fun, but um, yeah. unfortunately, it's it's getting um, it's getting not as fun. You know, I, I was at the Yair Rodriguez fight where he took a beating, and then. This one, he just, uh, you know, he screwed around with Ryan Hall and and got put in in uh, in, in a leg lock by a, a leg lock master. And uh...
1: yeah, I mean that was a really good heel hook. Uh, the the interesting thing about that is that the way he fell, usually when people do the eminari roll, they don't roll they don't roll the way that he rolled to to set it up, which is which is if you watch it, you'll see that when BJ tried to spin out of it, which is the normal reaction to a heel hook he spun the wrong way and made it worse on his leg. Um, There's actually a really good breakdown. One of my training partners actually just published it today. Uh, It's a YouTube channel rolling with Simon uh, and and him and, uh, and uh, one of the, one of the big leg lockers in my Academy are in the video. But um, yeah, it's a really, uh, that was really unfortunate for BJ Penn. But like you said, I feel like it's time for him to, the, like, I mean, you don't got to do anything else, dude.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's probably getting to the point now where he just wants to end on a win. And, uh, you know, I thought Ryan Hall was the guy he could beat. Um, I I don't think he's, uh, I don't think Penn athletically can hang with obviously the, the strikers and the, the bigger guys in the division. But for some reason, I thought this would be a fight he could win. I mean, and then he basically lost the only way he could lose the fight in my opinion. I mean, I guess he could have lost the decision in some kind of close, boring back and forth stand up, But, uh, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, athletically it's he's obviously declined physically but it seems to me like mentally and the and the the fight IQ you know i i don't ever like to question bj penn but it just seems to me that to lose to a guy the only way he could beat you is uh is doesn't look good and and like you said it might be time to to finally hang it up i mean it was probably time to hang it up 5 years ago but i think he just keeps looking for one final final win and and it just doesn't come um, yeah
1: it's a young man's game man i mean you got to and I mean, uh, I'm going to contradict myself later in the show, but it's mostly a young man's game. So,
0: yeah, I, I mean, it's a young man. It's not necessarily a young man's game if you're older and you just started the game within the last ten years. But if you're somebody like BJ Penn who's been fighting for you know 17, 18 years, um, it, it catches up with you, and and it's more of a, a, a toll on the body and. And you just—it's got to be harder to adapt. If you—if B.J. Penn would have picked up the sport at the age of thirty, I think he probably would be farther along, uh, at least with catching up to the to the modern day fighter as he is, kind of getting set in his ways for that decade prior to uh, really the the, you know, I mean, he came in right when it turned into the zoo for MMA and would became mainstream, but it was yeah. still a time when uh, you could still kind of do some styles for style stuff. So um, other notes, uh, you know, the, on the main card, Chan Mendes uh, took a defeat to Alexander uh, Volkanovsky and uh, apparently announced his retirement after the fight um, fight. He was, yeah. he was uh, highly competitive. It was uh, back and forth for the first couple rounds. And then uh, Mendez basically just gassed out and, and, ended up getting getting knocked out um it was actually got knocked out at the very end of the second round
1: yeah i mean that's kind of how i saw it going uh i was one of the few people that picked volkanovsky to win i mean i know mendez is uh you know an alpha male guy and they all have they're all known for their athleticism and, and wrestling and pressure and all that but you know uh like we just talked about with bj penn that's one of those things like the the the, the sport of MMA. I think probably evolve faster than any other sport and if you don't uh, if you don't update your game, you know, you're just not going to uh what you've been doing is not always going to work the, for your whole career.
0: Well, yeah, the guys learn how to avoid the finish that you used to be able to get and then it comes down to your gas tank and Mendez is a is a uh, you know, a strong buff dude out there. So, I obviously his, his you know, he's not known necessarily. He used to go the distance a lot in the WEC and was known for being a boring fighter, a boring wrestler. Um, He's tried. He's kind of adapted his game and become more exciting. But with the becoming more exciting, um, he seems to just use more energy and and that catches up with him um, in the end. Uh, uh, Fight, you know, I, my, my picks were terrible for all weekend, um, but they were. Well, I mean
1: yeah it's it was it's uh, me and me both because obviously a lot of the picks that you made i mean there's so many upsets um with all the events that we watch i mean a lot of them if you if you look at them all together, there's a lot of upsets
0: yeah i mean i don't I don't think it was an upset. I picked Condit, I thought he had one more win in him, and that turned out to be an absolute uh absolutely wrong uh Michael Chiesa uh put on a tremendous uh performance um finished with a brutal key lock. Um, submission I hadn't really seen in a while. I mean, I don't know. You probably know. Obviously, you know it better than I do. But um, yeah, oh, it was kind of a one arm, one armed Kimura, and uh, yeah, I, I, I can't recall ever seeing one before. To be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen him in. I've seen him in like if you watch like a lot of the, the like uh, grappling matches like Naga and stuff like that. I've seen him there, and uh, you can actually do it both ways. You can do you can do it with the hammer lock this way, and the way that you saw it on 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 that fight that night um i've actually hit this one myself a lot it's it's a cool one because a lot of people don't see it coming you know you think the guy a lot of times the guy getting it done doesn't think that they're in anything until you know it's too late but um yeah i mean that's one of those things it's an old school move too it's one of those things that's like it's so old school that it's new again
0: is it more common with the gi or or is it either way
1: it's either way, especially this one. The one the one that I like to hit, the gi doesn't matter. The only thing a gi does is add for friction and stuff, but uh like the one that I hit like this, I know the important detail is to is to wrap the pinky so that the, the fist stays down like this. But the other way the other way works too, especially if you're trying to drag away the way uh Condit was. You know, he was trying to drag his butt out and um but I guess Kies has been grappling a lot.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got, you know, he's got wins over Iacenta and I mean, he's a, he's a damn good fighter. He just, uh, I think we kind of forgot about him when Kevin Lee choked him out in that slightly controversial thing. And I actually had,
1: I actually thought, I thought he was going to win by a submission, but a choke, not that. So that, that was definitely surprising.
0: Yeah. That was like, like I said, that was one where I kind of thought my brain was telling me Kiesa, but my heart was telling me Condit, And I, I just thought Condit had one more in him, uh, Kiesa coming up an extra weight class, but, um, Hell, that might be the best thing that, that works out for him. Um, I don't know if he's ever going to be a world title uh, contender per se, but um, he's obviously proven that he can he can put on a good fight at, at a couple different weight classes. Um, I'm going to skip the co main event because that was the highlight, and I'm going to jump to the main event, um, at least for me, uh, maybe not for the whole no, MMA world, but for I me. I agree with
1: you. I agree um, with you 100%. So, so
0: jump into the main <laughs> event John Jones uh, against Alexander Gustafson. Um, uh, I don't want to come off as a hater because I'm not a huge fan of John Jones. Um, he's one of the greatest fighters that's ever fought. Obviously these, uh, drug issues, um, is something that kind of, uh, spoils a little bit for me. I'm not a huge person that's against all the PEDs use as long as it's even across the board. But when there's rules, um, I kind of definitely, uh, bothers me when, when somebody, you know, can't, can't keep up with at least the current rules that they're fighting under. And, and, uh, you know, I've always said only the idiots get get tested positive. Everybody else is smart enough to figure out how to get around it. But with that said, um put on a good performance, defeated Alexander Gustafson in the in the third round, the five round title fight. Um like I said, I he he's, he does everything really good, but he doesn't do anything that really makes me wanna I don't get super excited watching him fight. There's just other. I don't know what it is. I. It's just maybe it's just that he grinds guys down. It's that kick to the knee. You know. It's it's solid everything. But I, I don't. I don't know. There's just you know when I watch somebody like show. Maybe it's just the excitement's not there just because he dominates so much. I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to be a hater, but. um, no,
1: you're not the first person I've heard say that. I've heard people say he's just. I. I. I don't like his fight because he's too good. Which I mean, it, it, to me, it doesn't make any sense. But the only thing that if I had to if my own personal view of it was like, I I honestly thought that uh, it would have been as challenging as the first time they fought. I didn't think that uh, I didn't think it was going to go the way that I didn't think it was going to go the way that he, um interesting though. I didn't think it was going to go the way that it went, but um, that strategy I saw twice in uh, the end of the year fights. Uh, I, I saw it in a fight with um, I'll mention uh, I got a, so I have, I gotta check my notes, but the, the his fight and then the fight with somebody else, um, it'll come to me when I remember it. But, um, yeah, it was a PFL, one of the PFL fights, but, yeah, he definitely, uh, he definitely, um, it's almost, he actually said in the post fight press conference that a Gustafsson Gustafsson, where he kind of made him chase him, you know, like he didn't, he didn't really, uh, try to clash heads with him, and, um, yeah, that was definitely uh, that was definitely uh, um, not the way I, I saw it going. I, I I I thought Gustafsson had a chance. Um, I didn't I didn't think he would win, but I thought he was going to have the same chance he had. And, you know, I thought it would go to decision, especially being Jones' first fight back. I mean, I'll, both of them they've been out for oh a little over a year with uh, you know go- Gustafson with injury and Jones for his problems. But um, man, you know it is what it is. He's back. Uh, we'll see how for how long. You know. They did test him that Friday. I know uh, he mentioned that too in the press conference. So, I mean, we'll see what happens the Friday before the fight. We'll see what happens that if if he comes back for something else and he gets stripped, then we're 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 in the same roller coaster again. And and Dana White kills himself like he said he'd do if it happens again.
0: Yeah. No, I, I felt I don't know. I, I it appeared to me that Gustaf, the layoff hurt Gustafson more. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's just because he's not as good as Jones but um, he seemed he's like a he's dad
1: Now he's dad Now I think that, that think that counts for a lot it, when you're it an might,
0: it might. Um, he just didn't seem like he was all there um, or at least he didn't, he didn't fight to his full potential that we've seen him in the past. So with that all said though, a great win for Jones. He, he, uh, I'm not going to say he didn't avenge his fight because he, he beat <sighs> Gustafson the first time too, but he kind of put the critics to, to made him quiet with as far as how close the first fight was and, basically how dominating this one was. I mean, he basically controlled almost every second of the fight. Um, then that yeah. brings us, we're going to backtrack now to the co-main event, which, um, you that know, should was arguably, have been the main event, <laughs> you know, arguably the, the highlight of the entire weekend. Yeah. Um, uh, Amanda Nunes pulls off the shocker, uh, in 51 seconds and knocks out, uh, Christina cyborg. Um, I don't even know what to say. I it it was amazing. Um, You know, I've I've gone to hundreds of fights, uh, seen thousands of individual fights live, and I that was I. It's been a few times in my life where I've heard a crowd like that. When she when she finished that fight, that crowd went so loud. I mean, it it almost blew the top off the forum. It was it was one of those moments where I was for me it was uh it was special just to be there to to be feel a part of that i went in rooting for cyborg i'm not you know i but yeah, me to too. to be a part of that and just to hear the crowd and the i mean it was like it, it just the explosion it was what a big fight feel you know is, is all about and uh we don't get that as much as we uh, we used to maybe it's because we're so saturated with fights we get uh, we get spoiled with it but um for something like that to happen and, and to be there was was Incredible, and I know the people that were there with me felt the same way. Um, can't really say much about much much else about Nunez. I, I mean, you know, I, like I said, I've always been a big cyborg fan, but you gotta say, I guess Nunez is the greatest female fighter that we've ever seen.
1: I yeah, mean, I mean, she's definitely, she's definitely, uh, she's beaten the the people that were in that conversation, she's beaten them. So, yeah, I mean, I mean it, she it, beat it, Rousey, she beat Tate, she, she and then she beat Cyborg. So it's like you can't she, really.
0: She can Duran to me. She's got a yeah. win over Duran to me. She
1: beat Shevchenko. I'd like to include her in things.
0: Yeah, but she beat Shevchenko, <laughs> Shevchenko twice. That's I true. mean, she, that's
1: she, UFC 208 conversation. Yeah, you no, know, I, I, guess, I I get that, I get, but
0: my, I, get I guess my, I guess my point is that she's beaten every woman from other than Nico Montano. She's beaten every woman that's held a belt from 125 pounds to 145 pounds. She's yeah, undefeated I, against every one of them. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, I. I don't think Holly Holm deserves the title fight, but I feel like that that's the only fight that's left that, um, unless you're going to give Cyborg an immediate rematch. And personally, I think it would be time to do uh, Megan Anderson uh, Cyborg uh, since that was a fight that's kind of been talked about for a couple of years now. And then um, I guess do Nunez and, and, uh, and, and Holm. Um, but, you know i i don't even, like i said i'm just blown away by what i saw and
1: uh, yeah that, i mean what, what the thing about the actual fight I mean, let me look, looking at the actual fight the 51 seconds that it was um i i don't we'd have to ask cyborg i don't know if she she felt she could walk walk nunez down or what the case was but i mean she she came in and she she even said her her mother called her afterward and asked her why did you walk towards her with your hands down the way that you did you know cuz she got clipped a lot and, but and then when she when she realized that those punches were doing damage, she kept going for those desperation takedowns, and um, it was just over for her from from then on. But um, I I don't know if it's because she took her lightly, or or maybe uh you know maybe winning so long, you know you forget what it feels like when you're in danger. Who who knows? But um yeah, I mean I know she wants an immediate rematch. I I don't know if that's the way to go because the the win was such a there's no the, so clear cut. Um, maybe, like you said, maybe her and and Megan Anderson would be a good fight. I'm trying to think, uh, I'm actually skeptical that the featherweight division sticks around because, uh, you know, the bantamweight one is the more popular, longer standing women's one featherweight division seem to have troubles coming in. Like you mentioned to and I mentioned 208. I mean, it could be just me being me and, and, you know, with, with, with associating that division with Barclays in Brooklyn, but um i i wouldn't be surprised if they try to dissolve that division i mean well who do they have there that, that hasn't already changed weight classes
0: well there's not many and, and yeah. to to a couple of your points for me i saw the fight basically cyborg coming after her more aggressive than she probably should have been um and getting hit really hard and i think her initial reaction was i need to get that back i just got blasted my my uh my ego's a little bit hurt. I I I'm, I'm hurt. I got hit by this, this other chick. Now it's time for me to lay some wood on her. And she tried to come back with it. And every time she tried to come back, she was just a little bit late and kept getting hit. And it just, by the time it would just, it was just too much. I think the first time she got injured was probably really the end of the story uh, Mm -hmm. because she lost her. uh, She lost any kind of strategical uh, way of going about it. I mean, you know, I see people on on Twitter. A couple of her boxing people, she boxes with, mentioning that she needed to be in there jabbing, using her size, and so a yeah. rematch. A rematch could be completely different. I mean, she but was, there uh, was
1: definitely an, an odd. There was definitely an odd. Uh, I mean, like if you look at her fight with when she fought Holly Holm, who was who's a, a really well a good striker, she fought she fought her smarter than she fought Nunez. It just seemed weird to me. She she just it just seemed. I don't like I said, I don't want to she'd have to say it if it was overconfidence or whatever it was. But there was definitely something that I was just like, you're not you're not being smart here. And uh, by the time she realized it, it was definitely too late.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I can't disagree. I mean, obviously, she fought home totally different. Yeah, um, and fought her smart. I just I think once she got hit really hard, I think it changed everything. I think it went to I got to get that back instead of I've got five rounds to get that back. I need to get that back right now. And when I, she went to go get that back, she got hit again. And, and I mean, I think, I just think that's how it went down. I think it would be a little bit different in a second fight. At least I would, I would assume so. Um, I, I would, uh, barring her being just lost at all. I don't, I don't see why she would go in there and, and go into a, another prison fight, fight. But, um, you know, but, and then, then your other point was uh, the division. I think it comes down to what Cyborg does, honestly. Um, I don't know what Nunes' plan is. Uh, I think she's good probably going to either division, depending on what the UFC decides it's cyborgs last. She has one more fight under her contract. If she decides to play the contract out and, and jump ship to somewhere like Bellator, um, then I think the weight class is pretty much gone. If cyborg hangs around for another three or four years, um, and and they can still filter in a few fights here and there, um, then I I think it changes it. But if cyborg, I think it kind of goes with cyborg. Um, because at any point, Nunes can really go back down to 135 if she wants. Cyborg can get her 145 belt back. I think. I mean, you know, obviously we got a couple contenders in there, but I, I think it's fair to say that uh, Cyborg and Nunes are, are the the class of at least women's MMA uh, above 100 115 pounds. Let's say, you know, considering Nunes has beat Shevchenko twice. Um, so that wrapped up UFC. Like I said, just a wild, entertaining card. Um, And then that took us to uh, what did that take us to? Sunday night, uh, which was uh, the 30th here in uh, the West Coast, and then early morning, uh, New Year's Eve for you. And that's when uh, Ryzen um, had their event, which ended up finally uh, a late announcement earlier last week uh, to announce the event would be shown on Fight TV. Um, The Mayweather uh, tension fight would not be shown uh, in North America and Japan. Um. Obviously, that didn't stop people from watching it. <laughs> yeah. Um. But um, a couple notes. I you know I pulled the what the ten to about seven thirty a.m. So about a nine hours of, of fighting. Um.
1: Yeah, that's. You know, as long that's that's like a that's like too much fights.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, the intermission the at you know at four thirty in the morning an hour and forty five intermission was uh was, I know uh was painful.
1: John- uh the Johnny Case and uh what was that guy? Johnny Case that he won he beat um what's his name's uh protege? Um uh
0: Yachi. yachi yeah, yeah. Johnny Case was a good fight. Um you know, Yachi's kind of been one of the faces of rising. Um he main evented uh I don't know if it was their last event, it might have been two events ago. Um one of their smaller events, but he main evented it. He actually lost to uh one of Vanderlei's proteges. But um yeah, Johnny Case looked good. Uh um couple other guys of note, Justin Scoggins lost, uh, by a, by a crazy leg scissor choke. I don't know if you saw that or not, but it yeah. was like, uh, it wasn't a triangle. It was, he modified the triangle into a leg scissor and, uh, and then, they call it,
1: it's called a TP choke,
0: TP choke. I yeah. see topology has it listed as a scissor choke, but I'll, uh, obviously yeah. go with, uh, go with the expert, uh, in you. Um, that's interesting. I, I mean, I've seen head scissor chokes, actual real head scissor chokes, uh, usually in a couple of women's MMA f- fights. Um, Kim Coach. Yeah, were,
1: they, they, were they laying down or was he like. They,
0: no, he was like in his guard. He was in a triangle. Yeah. He had him in a yeah, triangle yeah. and then he, and then he, went, he you know, instead of having the forming the triangle, he put his legs straight up in the air, yeah. took his hands, wrapped them behind his legs and then his pulled down. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and so TP choke, I guess, is more the, uh, the actual term for it. So that that's. Uh, that's cool to but know. There's, there's like
1: ten. There's like ten names for for a lot of moves. Yeah, so. absolutely. I mean, yeah,
0: Kimura Americana, Keylock, yeah, Hammerlock, Key yeah, Hammerlock. Yeah, <laughs> hammer um, Gabby Garcia got a win. Uh, she's the free. Oh, she's there. <laughs> Not really gonna say much else. Uh, yeah. yeah. You heard what about Crayak? Uh... uh beat Brandon Halsey. Halsey took the fight late notice. Uh, looked good early, and then um, and then was TKO'd.
1: But obviously the fight that everybody has been still talking about is uh, um, Horiguchi and Caldwell. I mean, that, that one was like, uh, that one seemed like it was going to go, uh, from what I saw, it looked like it was going to go Caldwell's way until Horaguchi just caught him sleeping with, that, with, with head position.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think it was one of those cases where we saw a little bit the difference between it. We saw the difference between a cage and a ring for sure. Yeah. Um, couple times Caldwell had uh, Horiguchi up against the ropes on the ground and Horiguchi was able to basically get out of it by not, not necessarily escape, but somewhat of escape maybe being able to get out of the, the ring or having a break or, or whatever the, the, the reason where it was. So that was, that was an issue. Um, the uh, Caldwell looked good and then he got, looked like he got tired. You know, it was, it was the wrestler in a, in a, in a ring kind of chasing the guy around eventually looking for it, And and then Horiguchi, who, uh, I mean, I thought it was great. I, uh, I picked Caldwell to win. Um, but
1: he I had was, like, he had like a lot of near submissions from what I saw too. He had that one Kimura that Horiguchi rolled out of. Uh I'm trying to think what else did he have? I mean, obviously he controlled with the takedowns, but, um, it know. was
0: basically controlling with the takedowns. It wasn't, it wasn't the most exciting fight while, while, uh, it wasn't the most exciting fight in general, but, um, You know, it was big for Japan. You know, I talked about my wish was Ryzen taking off, and I don't know if they're going to take off. Uh, The ratings aren't over the top good for them, but but Horiguchi got a huge win. I mean, you know, he ended up uh, locking on that guillotine choke. Um, You know, kind of a rookie mistake from Caldwell. Um, But it's, you know, that's how he lost to uh, uh, in in Bellator is, is only previous loss uh, time t- time t- there you go yeah. um and uh you know it was big that you know hamasaki the previous fight before that won the the inaugural straw weight or 105 pounds of the adam weight championship for them um now she beat uh asakura who's another a japanese fighter uh, who has uh wins over uh reina but um but it just it you know it was too two championship title fights. I think it was a bigger win for Verizon to get a Japanese uh, fighter to win that belt. Um, I know Caldwell has an instant, uh, I don't know if it's instant, but he has a uh, rematch clause. So it looks like Horaguchi will work his way now towards Bellator um, yeah. for a rematch with Caldwell. So, you know, uh, I mean, Horiguchi is just one of those guys that falls under the radar but is, is quite simply one of the best pound-for-pound fighters um, in the world. And um, I think they
1: already started doing the promotional stuff. I don't know if you saw Belter's already trying to hype up that fight.
0: Yeah. I saw some stuff on Twitter where they, they had him tagged in some stuff and, and, and Caldwell has been respectful and I think he, you know, Caldwell's still a young fighter in the grand scheme of it. He was only his 14th fight. Um, I, I think he needs to become a little bit more dynamic. Um, you know, you can wrestle and beat guys who aren't up to your skill level, but when you meet guys who are at your skill level, I think you eventually fall into a submission or you get caught with that punch. So I think it's just something Caldwell needs to learn from and maybe take a little bit more risks earlier in the fight when he's got an advantage. Um, and not, you know, and, and, but I mean, like I said, Horiguchi now moves to 26 and two. Um, he's got tournament championships under his belt. He's the, you know, now he's the rising, uh, phantom weight champion is, you know, in UFC, he was like nine and one with his only loss being to, to, uh, uh, DJ, uh, Demetrius Johnson. So, I mean, I think he's really one of the most underrated guys. Um, and, uh, and in my opinion, one now, one of the top pound for pound guys, um, in all of MMA. Um, we were actually going to save Ryzen, uh, t- till after we talked PFL, but since we're here, um, then we, you know, the, the, the main event or the, the main event was the Caldwell Horaguchi fight, but the, the exhibition that ended the the night for them uh, <laughs> yeah. was uh, was Floyd Mayweather and Intention uh, Nasakawa. Um, I know that there's been a lot of controversy. Uh, people call it a fix, a work. Uh, and I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to offend people. And, and some people take stuff personally, and I, I just don't. I don't understand necessarily that. Um, I think it's just a disagreement on opinions. I thought the fight was, uh, real in a sense that they actually hit each other. Um, I see people claiming that punches didn't land and, uh, was, uh, faking being knocked down and, and all that stuff. And I just don't fall for that nonsense. I can watch a video and see a guy get hit in the head with a punch. Um, I can watch a guy get hit by one of the greatest boxers of all time. Um, who's outweighed by like 20 pounds. Um, I just, you know, it, people act like they we've never seen guys get hit in the back of the head in the temple and all of a sudden, uh, go go crazy legs.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: See it and, and uh,
1: whatever, I, man. I, I as much as I've written about it for MMAnews.com and stuff, I'm just, in all honesty, I I didn't care about that. For me, after Coldwell Haraguchi, I was done with Ryzen.
0: Well. Yeah. I mean, for, th- for that event, I guess, but yeah, but I'm just, I'm just pointing it out. I, I uh, you know, if anybody's curious about my opinion, not that it matters. Uh, I, I didn't see it as a work. Um, and I, and I know that there's some fighters professional fighters and uh, some people I really respect who, who think it was, but uh, I don't. Um, and that's just where I stand on it. And I'll be happy to have conversations if anybody wants to comment or, uh, or message me and, and talk about it uh, on Twitter. Or, gmail or however but uh that's so we're gonna leave that right there um and uh move on to uh the grand finale uh at least time wise for the uh the weekend uh new year's eve night i know you were there at the uh was the hulu theater at madison square garden yes sir uh, for the pfl finals um gotta say you know a couple notes uh seven fights uh six of them were five scheduled for five rounds. We don't really see that very often. Um, and, uh, you know, from the opening bell of the very first fight, I, I was entertained for the whole night. Uh,
1: yeah. You know,
0: um, yeah, it was hard fight, to,
1: uh, it was hard to, um, you know, I was there covering the event for, for, uh, front proof media. So it was actually hard to, uh, I was, I was trying to do something in between. Usually there's a lull between like, you know, if you followed professional fight leagues, uh, season format there's usually a lull between the the facebook watch fights and then the 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 broadcast card but uh, this the whole thing was broadcast on nbc sports and facebook watch um they actually just put out a press release today uh they had like five million total viewers if you if tallying up uh international broadcasts, the nbc sports broadcast and facebook watch so a lot of people watched it which is good for them um and uh their you know twenty nineteen season, but um, yeah, it was uh the pacing um I'm actually I have it playing in the background because uh uh I knew we were gonna do this, so i have the event playing in the background that's what I keep looking at when we're talking, but um one of the um, the pacing seems to match what, what was there when I was there at the event they uh they let media in early and and people were packing the house early um i know they're they 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 had given a lot of tickets away early in the week. If you showed up to weigh-ins and stuff, they're doing ticket giveaways. They did a lot of stuff for vets and stuff like that. Um, the energy in New York City, I got to say, was uh, it was nothing like ever. From the events I've covered in New York, there was just this really positive vibe from all the fighters, all the fans. Um, everybody was really into it. I, I Obviously, New Year's Eve had something to do with it. But like even the fighters, before they fought, they were already talking about coming back for... Uh, 2019 season and and all of them even after after the fights just expressed how happy they were treated with the the league format and how how much they like it and the fairness of it and there's no politics and all that stuff so i mean with all that going on obviously the 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 fights were like you said that they um there was a couple of ones that dragged the you know the went to decision or whatever but um um lewis taylor obviously made it known he wanted to get out of there early that night and he he opened up the card with his uh knockout over Abus Magomedov there was like 10 magomedovs on this card
0: <laughs> there was 10 magomedovs yeah. <laughs> kind of seemed like but um yeah Luis taylor devastating uh knockout uh 33 seconds in um you know one of the, you know the, the thing that this uh this promotion allowed was was cool to see some older fighters who uh, have put in their time, but not necessarily ever gotten really the chance at, at or fell short at other times for uh, when they had a chance to really make a name for themselves. So to see a guy like Louis Taylor, who uh, I believe is 38 or 39 years old,
1: 39, um,
0: 39 get a, uh, get a check that, uh, you know, is going to really, you know, potentially change the, the way his family is able to live is, is a pretty, pretty damn cool thing. Um, you know, and, and perhaps something that's way too far, uh, overdue, uh, for the sport. Um, you know, it, it, uh, it shows that if there, if PFL is able to do this, uh, you know, perhaps, uh, without naming promotions sometime, maybe there's some other promotions that are, uh, holding back on the, uh, on the paychecks.
1: Uh, let's <laughs> yeah, <say>. man. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: you know, uh, uh, Kyla Harrison, uh, wasn't a tournament fight, not a championship fight. Um, Two time, I believe, Olympic gold medalist. Yeah. Um, uh, returned to the cage, uh, coming in two and zero. Uh, just totally manhandled her opponent.
1: Uh, yeah. She uh, um she's got contagious energy. I mean, say what you will about the the opponent she's getting, but she's so she's a thousand percent invested into MMA. And in that fight, um, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, I uploaded on the on the blogboard jungle YouTube channel the the media scrum that we did uh o- after her open workout, which she taught a judo class and pulled the kids in out and everything. It was pretty cool. Um but she um she uh said that she wants to she actually said she never really cared like for her for she doesn't want to be known as a judo player. She wants to be she wants to be on the level of uh, Chris Cyborg or Amanda Nunes. She actually trains with Amanda Nunes and she said that um she wanted to uh she wanted to try to get the KO or T K O uh, on new year's eve and you could tell she tried doing that because arm bars and stuff were that uh charneski was giving those up the whole time she was mounted but you could tell harrison wasn't wasn't trying to do that right away obviously she still went for submission but she's so hard on herself even after the fight she was just like man i, I really wanted a knockout or a tko so i i think she's uh i mean I'm, I'm on board the kayla harrison hype train i think she's definitely going to uh Start impressing us, in in uh, 2019 season when they had the division for her.
0: Well, let me ask you a question, um, because you've seen her fight live and you've been to the weigh-ins and and stuff like that. Um, just to be frank, there's not a really a division 155. There is internationally, um, but, but they're ma-
1: they're pro fight leagues making one.
0: I understand that they're making it, but it's not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, we can say that, but you can, can you name three fighters that fight at 155 pounds in the world?
1: no I mean, I mean
0: that's that's my point i'm not trying to put you on yeah. the spot there i'm just pointing out i guess my point is having seen her fight live uh pre and post weight cut is she can she make 145 pounds she
1: she said she could yeah somebody asked her that at the post fight press conference which i'm actually uh gonna upload at when we're done doing this i'll upload it to the youtube channel as well but um she said she would cut there if she had to but um You know, uh, the, one of the things is, you know, PFL is trying to be different than everybody else out there. So that's why they're introducing a women's 155 pound division because they want to, they want to try to, they want to try to not so much answer the weight cutting problems that have been out or so prominent in 2018, but they just want to put the option out there and hopefully other people will either a follow suit or maybe come on board if they don't like where they're at. You know what I mean? And, uh, with that being said, they, they, they're probably they're gonna have about the same size roster in 2019, but they did hint at changing the weight classes for that roster. So, which should be either interesting or better, or we'll see what they come up with. Uh, the 2019 season is gonna start in May, so um, yeah, like you said, I, I don't know any 155ers, but I'm sure there's a lot of featherweights that wouldn't mind keeping an extra 10 pounds on.
0: Yeah, uh, I get. I don't blame PFL for doing it. I guess kind of a cynical view out of it, and it's just cynical, but not not to blame PFL. Like I said, would be that they're basically just setting up a tournament for her to win, become the champion, and and use her to promote the, the organization, which is fine. Don't don't. I mean, it's fine. I just don't think you're gonna find anybody. Uh,
1: you don't uh, think Gabby Garcia could make one fifty five.
0: No, I don't think she can make 95. Um, <laughs> you know, but um, but with that, you know, I. But with all that said, now if I'm somebody like Cyborg and I've got one more fight left on my UFC contract, now she gets paid good money, so maybe the the, the million dollars doesn't jump at her. But you know, if you finish out your UFC contract and they're they're screwing around with you on your negotiations, maybe you sign with PFL for the rest of the year and. and and enter that tournament. I, you know, that, that, I don't know. And obviously that would, that would make it interesting. I just feel like, um, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter whether she cuts to 145. The bottom line is there's not a lot of available 145 pound women. The outside of Bellator and the UFC clearly since the UFC doesn't really have any. Um, So Mm -hmm. I I mean, it it just, it's kind of a, 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 no man's land or no woman's land weight class but I don't blame like I said I don't blame PFL for taking advantage of having a um, charismatic um person that they could market the hell out of uh, whether it's 45 55 65 75 pound whatever whatever weight class they ever decide to do or, or or end up doing or whatever um I can't blame them for for going that route um moving on then uh, to the other championship fights on the card the fight that I kind of was probably looking to forward to the most um I've always kind of been fascinated by Vinny Megalesh Uh uh yeah. from from his days from the Ultimate Fighter and, and M one when he was the M one champion and um anybody who's really fought watched him fight kinda of knows that uh he's probably as dangerous as it can be, uh, early in the fight. But as the fight wears on, um he's another guy who's really bulky, big strong guy. And it seems like that, that eventually catches up to him and his, his gas tank has always been Always been an issue outside of about the you know middle yeah. of the second round. And uh, um,
1: if, if you see the, uh, I actually uploaded that interview with Sean O'Connell from the open workouts where I spoke to him, um, and he he said that uh, he didn't, even though he didn't want to give away his game plan, he mentioned that he thought he thought that's where he could win, and obviously that's where where uh, he pulled off a win. The funny thing about Vinny Magalash, though is for the um, and O'Connell commented on the two after the fight is uh, for the guy that said he doesn't like leg locks. And says they don't work. He kept going for them in that fight. I mean, I know it's because he kept getting put on, you know, knocked down. O'Connell tagged him up. Thank God his corner stopped that fight. But, um, you know, I, I I'm pretty sure if I remember the odds, I think Magalash was a was a favorite because of the way he had done all season. So um, I thought O'Connell was going to get his arm, you know, bent the other way. But uh, obviously, uh, you know, he that's not what happened. And I uh, and not only did he retire, you know. I mean did he get the million dollars in the belt but he's retired which is uh you know the way you want to do it
0: Yeah absolutely I mean he, another guy like uh Luis Taylor who uh you know uh, O'Connell fought in the UFC had had a couple uh, I think fight of the nights um, maybe knockout of the night uh, performances but um you know I I thought Vinny was I thought Vin, you know I I thought Vinny was going to win the fight I thought he would grab him early on and and basically it's what happened but um but uh, but O'Connell stayed composed and, and, um, and like you said, Vinny kept going for the leg locks early and,
1: uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. He didn't really get grabby. O'Connell never really gave him the chance, which is, which is pretty much what he hinted at when I talked to him. So watching the fight, uh, it was weird because it looked like they tried to, it looked like they tried to just throw hands against each other. And and obviously that's, that's O'Connell's world. I don't know why my tried to, to, uh, play that game, but it looked like when he realized that he 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 wanted to try to do uh anything submission wise, you know, it was it was definitely too uh too too late, too sweaty, you know, and he was he was really gassed, he took a lot of damage. um you know, but hey, um, it is what it is, man. That that was one of the one of the for me that was one of the two upsets of the of from that card of that night.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it was it was a fun fight because uh obviously when you have a submission master, um it, at any point you know, I'm. I found myself yelling at O'Connell. Don't, don't go into his guard. There was some times where he almost. You know, he did once. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, but but he, you know, you're just kind of going, dude. You you win this fight. You could stand there and start, you know, dancing around, um, and and you're gonna win the fight. You don't yeah. have to do anything. You've already won on the cards. You could run around the ring, for you know run circles and and you're gonna uh, you're gonna win the fight. So I when he would put himself in the chance of being in danger i found myself actually yelling at the tv um rooting for him oh, yeah. to, to no, stay away
1: i mean you know when you when I'm, when you're sitting in media row you got you have to kind of keep, keep yourself calm but even there's a couple of points where where uh kind of got control of the one wet leg early in the fight and uh i actually thought he might have you know twisted up his leg a little bit in the attempt of getting the submission but um i mean he you know he trained with jeremy horn for uh for his uh jiu jitsu and the grappling and um you know it looked like it it paid off uh obviously with the way he was able to avoid and then he you know later in the fight he played it smart every time they went down he did the right thing which a lot of times you find yourself when you're watching fights like and I, like I'll never get why guys jump in the guards are guys that are really really good submission guys like you know like if you're up and you're on top walk away you know you're winning when you 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 put him on his ass when you're standing walk away from him and keep doing that like just wash, rinse repeat like uh and that's what O'Connell did so I was really happy to see that he didn't he didn't really uh as much as uh you know I I always kind of wanted a jiu-jitsu guy to win I I, I like seeing a, a guy be smart like that too
0: Yeah um Yeah I you know that's what I'm saying he ended up uh ended up staying out of danger and getting the the, the corner stoppage win. I um, I think Vinny should go. I think Vinny's a perfect guy for Ryzen. Um, yeah. I, so I'd like to see maybe that go on um, uh, the light heavy, or I'm sorry, the heavyweight final Felipe lens uh, finished uh, Josh Copeland um, really in a, just a one-sided beat down.
1: Um, poor, poor Josh Copeland. I mean, it's such a nice guy. I I, I felt bad watching left just talking to him. I put that video up on the YouTube channel too. I mean, he's got such a positive outlook, and he just wants to do, like, good things for folks and stuff. So to see him take the beating like that, but that's his fighting style, though. Actually, yeah. uh, somebody, I forget who it was, that was uh, in Meteor asked me, they're like, is he, putting his, is he putting his head forward to catch the punch with the hard part of his head? And I was like, yeah. He was like, why is he doing that? And I was like, that's an old school, you know, you're hoping to hurt the guy's hand or make him break his hand or something. But, you know, it, it doesn't look good on the when they're counting significant strikes and stuff, it's kind of working against you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, um, perhaps the corner should have, uh, should have thrown in the towel or or stopped that fight around earlier. Um, when it became evident that he couldn't hold his hands up and his face was going to become his, his defense. Um, (laughs) then, then that put us to the main event, um, where it was probably the, uh, the upset of the night. Um, you know, I would never bet against a double Megomed, but uh, Megomed, Megomed, <laughs> Kareemov um, finished uh, with a guillotine choke. Ray Cooper, the third, uh, Cooper, kind of in the poster boy of this season of PFL. A uh, couple devastating finishes of uh, of Jake Shields, uh, but um, I don't want to. I don't want to say that the, you know. It, I think Cooper's a good fighter. I just think that is. We, yeah. we we entered a world now where uh, uh, some of these Dagestani guys are just uh, damn grinders and, and have so many ways they can beat you.
1: Yeah. Um, well. That, well, that's the fight that I was going to say that that uh, I actually when I was watching it, it made me think of the Jones Gustafsson fight and the thing that um, that uh, Magomed did was uh, he didn't engage Cooper. You know, he didn't try to take him head on. The way Shields did, and, and I forget the, uh, oh, was it Zeferino that he finished with the, I forget, uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't, I forget the guy, the other guy he finished. But, you know, uh, Cooper was charging everybody and, and taking him down and pounding him away. And, uh, Magomed did, it looked like he just said to himself, let me not do that. Let me, let me step back away from this guy and see what happens. And, uh, and, um, I mean, obviously he still got taken down and stuff, but, uh, he played a looser, more, a looser, more relaxed game against him. And I thought, I thought that was as I was watching the fight, I was like, "Wow, this is kind of what John Jones did to Gustafsson. you know, as far as the mentality and the behind the strategy uh, of fighting a guy like like Cooper. But uh, Cooper was one of those guys that was talking about uh, returning for 2019 season and even coming in at middleweight um, because he is a big dude, uh, muscle wise. Obviously, he's he's got a lot of mass for 170. Um, he, but he had hinted at at coming coming back for heavier. A lot of the guys wanted to come back um, just because they like the, the professionalism of a league format, how there's no politics or anything. And it, it helps that they get there to bring in their own sponsors, too.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know exactly where he would go from here. Um, I think that's probably a good promotion for him. Um, he can come back. Now he made the finals. Now he can come back and get a little redemption and, and try to uh, and try to get the championship. So, um, yeah, I don't know. But overall, I thought the uh, I thought it was a uh, really fun weekend of fights um like i said a little bit of controversy uh here and there but um for the (laughs) most part you know it was great and uh it it was fun it was it's nice having that much action around new years um, hey
1: man i think what the coolest thing for me as far as this podcast goes was that you got to go to an event on the west coast and I, i got to go to one here on the east coast and cover it for uh, you know. Obviously, I mean, you you. I know you went as a fan. You bought tickets, but I, and I got to, I got to cover the PFL thing. But we still were were you know had boots on the ground at two events for for this podcast thing that we started last year, coast to coast combat hour, and it was pretty cool that we can occupy both coasts and 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 smash the fights together like this.
0: No, I mean it's great, um, and uh, uh, hopefully that continues into 2019 uh, where we we get more and more events, uh, at least bigger events for both of us to, to do. And, um, you know, whether it's you covering them or me going as a fan or, or when I, you know, when I decide to, to cover events, um, it's fun, man. It's, uh, it's fun. It's great talking uh, about them. And, um, you know, I look forward to, to this coming up coming year. I know I got a busy, uh, first quarter. I got the Fedor fight, um, in a couple weeks, the Fedor Bader, uh, Bellator event, um, yeah. I actually, I actually Brooks, booked... Brooklyn uh, is
1: uh, the 19th. January 19th is UFC Brooklyn.
0: There you go. Uh, I, the I ESPN not... card. Yep, uh, the, yeah, the 19th. And then I'm going to the... That's the ESPN Plus card. I actually got tickets today for the first ESPN card in Phoenix. So I'm going to the Phoenix. Um, I know it's stupid as hell to buy tickets for a Cain Velasquez fight, but I did it. <laughs> um, so uh, get a chance to watch him, Naganu hopefully, um, in Phoenix. So that'll be on February 18th. Or 17th Sunday night. And then, uh, and I got tickets, uh, for the Bellator event, uh, the Korshkov Lim, uh, Larkin fight, uh, coming up at the end of March. So we definitely have some live coverage going on. Uh, yeah. That, that's just planned out right now. And, uh, I'm sure a bunch of other stuff will pop up. So,
1: yeah, no, Fedor's, uh, Fedor, uh, Bellator's coming to, uh, the East Coast in February. They got the back to back nights that they announced, uh, the 15th and 16th. Um, and then uh, I'm trying to think. Well, obviously, ESPN, UFC's ESPN card in Brooklyn with Greg Hardy. Everyone's pissed off at Greg Hardy uh, being on that card, with, along with Rachel Ostevich and Paige Van Zand. And they took the lightweight, uh, I'm sorry, the flyweight, Cejudo Dillashaw is going to be the main event on that one too. So I'm hoping that one's a good one. Um, I'll, I, I'm, I'm most likely going to be there uh, for, for – uh, you know I'll, I'll probably go with Jeff Jeff to watch it since it's in his backyard technically um I don't I actually just got my UFC denial for that event today so thank you UFC once again for overlooking your boy here on the East Coast <laughs> but uh yeah no I, um there's a lot of stuff coming up uh and um like I said I I know PFL already said they're going to they're going to start their 2019 season in May so I'm wondering if that means they're going to end in November instead of December but we'll see uh that's that's still way, way, way ahead.
0: Yeah, it should be a fun year. Um and uh hopefully this podcast continues to grow. I want to thank everybody for listening. Um as usual, they can follow us at combat hour on Twitter, myself at MMA Hawk Twenty One on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow Ed on Twitter at Carbazol and at Carbirzall on Instagram. Um I'm sure we'll be back uh hopefully next Tuesday night again with a show. Uh, looking forward to uh possibly the brooklyn card um got to get it got to get our bearings back after this uh end of the year but um look forward to talking to you again ed and uh have a good rest of the week
1: yes make sure you subscribe listen support itunes and all that nonsense we will be back uh Hey, y'all, East Coast Ed here. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can be a monthly supporter for as little as 99 cents a month. This podcast will always be free, but if you help Matt and I out for future episodes, supporters will be shouted out on the show, and large supporters will be randomly selected to do predictions for a big pay-per-view event in the future. So please click the support tab and enjoy the show.